Welcome to Integrative Medicine Solutions with Forum Health, the podcast. Our nationwide network of integrative and functional medicine providers believe in a new standard of healthcare, one that creates optimal health by focusing on partnering with you, understanding your needs, learning about your unique health history, and getting to the root cause of your concerns. Using advanced testing, emerging therapies, and the latest technology, Forum Health providers are at the forefront of integrative and functional health care for all. Your journey to better health starts here. Tonight, we're discussing a very common issue that affects over 3 million women each year in the U.S., polycystic ovary syndrome, also known as PCOS. So Heather, I would love for you to start us off. Can you tell our audience first, what is PCOS and what are the different types? Sure. So PCOS is actually a group of symptoms that stem from an endocrine and a metabolic system um, disorder in our body. So typically the hallmark signs are an increase in androgens, so basically male-like hormones such as testosterone. Um, We also see skipped or no periods in menstruating women. Um, And we also see, as the name states, we see polycystic ovaries, so multiple cysts in the ovaries. Now you do not need all three of these in order to have a diagnosis according to Rotterdam criteria, which is what practitioners use. Um, You only need two of these three things. So it can be kind of a misnomer um, as far as the name because you don't necessarily have to have the ovarian cysts in order to have this, so um, in true um, functional medicine, fashion though, um, we like to look kind of peel back those symptoms right on the surface and figuring out what triggers PCOS. So there tends to be four different things that trigger it. So one of them is insulin resistance in the body. So basically your body's not responding to the insulin the way that it should. Um, Secondly, we see this pop up in people who have come off oral contraceptive pills. Um, and will have these symptoms usually like three to six months after they come off the pill. Um, The third trigger is usually some sort of inflammation in the body. So when that inflammation is there, it can kind of trigger all these other symptoms. Um, Fourth is the adrenals, basically. So if you went through a really stressful period or something has happened, um, your adrenals start to pump out some of your stress hormones and your testosterone, and it kind of throws you into this hormonal imbalance. Uh, Okay, that's that's great to know, because it's hard to tell sometimes when you have different symptoms, what it actually is. Um, Nan, I wanted to ask you, and and Heather, you kind of touched upon it, what are some of the big symptoms, the big red flags people should look for that may indicate that they have PCOS? Right, Heather touched on a few. When, when women come to my clinic, they'll have a cluster of symptoms in varying degrees. And first and foremost, it's menstrual irregularities, whether it's heavy periods, painful periods, no periods at all, PMS, even to the extent of maybe um, dysphoric disorder, with anxiety, depression, um, insomnia, all that. They can have a history of miscarriages, infertility. Now, I've had patients say in the past, they have maybe five days that they feel good in an entire month. So it's a very devastating disorder. It's not treated. So that's the main one. Other things can be weight. 
probably about 75% of all women with PCOS have a weight issue. And that's frustrating because a lot of them will say, I eat well, I exercise, but they've been told eat less and exercise more. And they do that and they don't lose any weight. So that's frustrating for them. Other symptoms can be cystic acne, where you can have acne uh, along your jawline, your chest, your back. It might be cyclical, it may not, uh, but they deal with that. And other things can be male hair patterns, whether that's coarse male hair patterns on the face, the chest, the stomach, the back, or even hair loss in the scalp. So that's another big consideration with people who have um, PCOS. And I think Heather touched on this too, but just that, that insulin resistance, that prediabetes, some come in, they've been told they do have that, or maybe their mother's diabetic and they, wanna, they don't want to go down that pathway. They want to how do they fix that? How can they, how can they feel good every day of the month? And how can they suppress these symptoms? So again, different um, symptoms in each, each woman, but that same cluster is about the same. And again, you might think, well, maybe it's low thyroid. And I think you've touched on that. Maybe it's high cortisol. Maybe it's food sensitivities. Maybe it's gut disorders. But the great thing about functional medicine is we look under all those stones and we uncover all that and we help that body heal and reverse those symptoms. Right, which is so incredibly powerful, especially if you're dealing with these debilitating um, symptoms in your life. Very, very difficult things. Um, what are, and I know Nan just kind of touched upon some of it. What are some of the risks of having PCOS? So some of the risks um, are actually, one main one is it leads to infertility um, because you're not ovulating on a monthly cycle, right? So um, also um, in regards to that, you can have increased amount of miscarriages um, or preterm labor. Um, a lot of women don't even find out they have PCOS until that happens and we can kind of start to dig, right? And figure out why. Um, the other really big one is you can have early onset type two diabetes because of the insulin resistance, um, which again is really important to kind of get at a, a ahead of the time because 50% um, of people with PCOS end up with these pre-diabetic condition or diabetic condition by age 40 years old. Um, so with that opens up all the other complications that come with diabetes. Um, another risk um, tends to be depression and anxiety. Um, there's actually an increased risk of uterine cancer um, and possibly even breast cancer, um, cardiovascular disease, um, non-alcoholic fatty liver, and um, lastly, metabolic syndrome, which again is another whole syndrome of um, symptoms, meaning an increase in blood pressure, um, again, blood sugar issues, um, dysregulation of your cholesterol. So your total cholesterol or your triglycerides. Wow, that's that's a lot of risk. I mean, this it, it really emphasizes how critical it is to get this checked out immediately and to do it with a functional medicine provider that gets to the root cause, since there are so many other risks associated with it. Um, Nan, I wanted to ask you, I know that there's a lot of myths out there around PCOS. Can you touch upon some of them and maybe, um, you know, maybe help our audience decipher, which is what's true and what's not true around this condition? That, yeah, I think the main one is it's not treatable. You know, the, or if it's treatable, all you can do is suppress the symptoms. You gotta get on the birth control mm -hmm. pill, metformin to help with glucose, insulin resistance, uh, maybe an antidepressant for the mood swings. And the list goes on and on as far as it can only be treated with medications that right. don't 
heal anything, they just suppress symptoms. So that's one of the main ones is that. Others are uh, when my mother had it, my sisters have it, I'm just doomed to have PCOS. I look like this, I'm like a change. And so they get people think, well, there's not much I can do about it. Um, again, I think the main thing is that they think it's not treatable except through medications. Uh, it's not, they think that again, lifestyle changes, what they eat, supplements they take, hormone balance, all that, that once they understand that's, that's a real hope there. And we like to tell patients to come to my clinic. There's a lot of hope here. You know, you may not know that, but there's so much hope that we can, to things we can do for you to help balance hormones, help with all that Heather just talked about as far as glucose, cholesterol, thyroid, all those things count and they can be done in a natural way that the body can help begin to heal itself. Right, exactly. Well, I'm glad you kind of demystified those, those myths because it is confusing. There's so much information online and um, it can be very, very confusing and overwhelming for people that are experiencing these symptoms. Um, Kate, I want to go back to you and ask you, how does PCOS affect certain areas of the body like fertility, weight, um, a woman's menstrual cycle? What, is, what does that affect those yeah, so with hormonal irregularities at play, such as PCOS, um, there's high androgens, high estrone, and elevated FSH-LS ratios. Um, the, so the menstrual cycle becomes irregular, and that increases the risk of infertility. Um, in a normal cycle, um, GnRH, or gonadotropin-releasing hormone, is secreted from the hypothalamus that acts on the pituitary gland to release FSH and LH. This targets the ovaries. So the rise in FSH causes the conversion of androgens to estrogen so the follicles can develop. And once they mature, the FSH turns off and there's an LH surge which triggers ovulation. So um, the menstrual cycle is affected in women with PCOS um, there's a higher level of the GnRH, which causes higher circulating levels of LH and decreased FSH. So this causes excessive androgens. So with continued circulation of FSH, the follicles continue to grow, but not mature. And when this happens, then a woman is not ovulating and that causes infertility. So women with PCOS also have a higher rate of miscarriage, like they said, and um, due to the multi-system effects of the condition. Um, the studies show that women with PCOS actually store fat more and burn less calories, which also increases the rate of um, obesity. Okay, that's, yeah, and that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of effects just from, you know, when you're, you're day-to-day -day life, uh, weight, menstrual cycle, that's, um, you know, big effects on all of those, uh, those functions. I wanted to ask each of you, um, how at your practice do you each diagnose and treat PCOS when a patient comes in? Um, Heather, I'd love to start with you. What, how do you go about doing this with both the diagnosis and the treatment? Um, Two very involved questions, actually. So uh, I'll break it down. So um, in, in diagnosing, um, a, a really important piece is just listening to 
the patient's history, right? And, and hearing some of the issues that they've had, the symptoms that they're experiencing, if they had come in and said, you know, I, I keep having these ovarian cysts that rupture, or, you know, I've had a miscarriage, um, that's all clues to me to kind of dig a little deeper. Um, what we typically do, um, which I'm sure Nan and Kate also, just starting with a blood draw, just a simple blood draw to look for your levels of hormones. Um, we're looking at blood sugar, we're looking at you know cortisol, which is your stress hormone. Um, we're looking at other vitamin levels, such as vitamin D um, and vitamin B12. So just some simple things at first, I will say, um, if you we need to go down the road of specialty testing, um, we have that at our disposal, which can be really helpful if you're not ovulating, because that means we're not able to capture um, where your hormones should be at a specific time in your cycle if we don't know where you're at in your cycle. <laughs> so oh, that makes sense. That yeah, makes sense. so we can we have some of those at our disposal as well. Um, something called a Dutch test um, that's very simple, just a urine test. Um, but it can check throughout the whole month so we can watch the flow of the hormones. Okay. Um, so that's that's one of my main ways of, of diagnosing, or I'm sorry, yes, of diagnosing. Um, treatment kind of stems on why you have the PCOS. Again, some of the root causes of why it's 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 coming to light in you right so mm -hmm. um so a lot of times a lot of lifestyle changes in the sense that we're trying to get to you know is there an increased amount of stress so then we would have certain things that we would do as far as that's concerned or if your hormones are imbalanced you know even just starting with some of the concrete things before we even talk about treating the hormones would be food Right, so anti-inflammatory foods and healing the gut, right, so that you make the right amount of hormones, um, are just a few. So we can come back to me. I don't know if you guys want to jump in. Yeah, Nan, I would love to know what you do for diagnosis and treatment um, within your practice. Thank well, you. Well, a lot Heather. of what Heather said, yeah, really. Yeah. But but so many times when you listen to the patient, they'll diagnose themselves. Is, as they're telling you, there's sometimes what they've been through, their frustrations. So that's always good to be a good listener and to hear what they're saying to me, you know, why they're here, what, 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 is their, what are their goals. And so I like that first and foremost, that clinical presentation, what they look like, their symptoms as they talk to me. And then I'm like Heather, I really like the Dutch test a lot. And the reason why mm -hmm. is that it gets right to, the root, to some of the root causes because it, it, as Heather knows, it's extremely involved. But estrogen goes down different metabolites and see how they break that down. Well, I like a lot with PCOS though, besides the estrogen and the testosterone, is DHEA. How do they break down DHEA? There's a metabolite, uh, a pathway for that, which is uh, about three times more potent than testosterone. Is there, so they're pushing that DHEA metabolite down that pathway. I see that and I can, I can push that the other direction and calm that down. That helps a lot with acne, um, hair loss, hair male hair patterns, um, emotions, all kinds of things with that Dutch test. And it also shows me cortisol, which as Heather said, is a stress hormone. And mm -hmm. I'll treat cortisol depending on if it's low or high. And then they have the exact same symptom, depend, it may have the exact same symptom, but the test tells me their bottom line with, a, with cortisol or they're pumping out too much of it. And so from that test, I can say, okay, here's what we're gonna do. This is specific for your body and for your cells and how you present with these, these test results. And so I love that test. But they have to take it home and they have to come back. So in the meantime, I give them some things to take 
beforehand. I mean, they got to go home and do the test. But there are some things that I like a lot, which I come to in just a minute. And like you said, it's an involved question that yeah, Brit asked is. us. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing is blood work. You know, I really do like a lot of good blood work. I like insulin, like fasting insulin. I mm-hmm. like glucose, but I'm really interested in that fasting insulin. I like leptin. You know, leptin and insulin are kind of cousins. Um, you know, leptin resistance, insulin resistance. And so looking at both of those, see what's gone on the body, it's causing the weight gain, the inflammation. Um, those are important to me. I like sex hormone binding glycogen. I mean, these are crazy words for some patients listening tonight, but they're specific for a PCOS panel. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody, one of the questions said, how about thyroid? Yes, always a thyroid panel, not just a TSH, but the entire reverse T3, free T3, TPO looking at antibodies, mm-hmm. because that's such a specific, important hormone as well. So mm-hmm. I, I, like, I like the Dutch test. I like a lot of good blood work. Those are two main things. And then as far as treatment, that is a whole other conversation, but we've touched on it. One thing I will do if a patient is not on anything, um, and as far as no hormone replacement, no birth control pill, I'll use a lot of times chase berry. I feel like that's a very good um, botanical that helps kind of calm down the body, puts, puts out a little bit of inflammation, helps the body make a bit more progesterone. It gives them something before they come back and get their test results. So I like chase berry a lot. I mean, Heather said D3, I think D3 is, ma- is major to again, right. reduce inflammation and also help with insulin resistance. Um, I like the B vitamins. I like, uh, there's something called uh, D-chiral inositol. Maybe you know about that one, but mm. that, that's, it's amazing because that, that helps insulin behave and it helps insulin go into the cells, right. open the cells up for glucose. So that's a major one too. Right. These are good. We talked about foods. You know, food is so important. Um, and I would say, if you could, just try, again, there's so many great diets and we talk about all those as far as keto, paleo, all that kind of stuff. Right. But, you know, uh, if you can just try to eat things with one ingredient, okay, what's that? Chicken, egg, apple. Mm-hmm. And you think about that as you eat during the day. And then last of all, and I'll let Kay talk, is I'm really interested in the uh, continuous glucose monitors. I had one on for two weeks. You just, you know, you, you put it on, it costs about $40 through Walgreens or CVS. But with that, when I put mine on, uh, Megan, who is... Uh, and Arian that works with me and she's the health coach, wellness coach, uh, my readings go to her spreadsheet. And mm. so it really makes me think twice about eating dessert, you know, uh, because anything I do goes right to Meg's sheet and I can put notes on it too. It's, it's amazing. Cause yeah, you know, I, can you put on there, no, I can put on there exactly what I ate. And it was interesting for me because I saw what would raise my blood sugar. And for mm. me, it was stress that would cause it to go up. Yeah. Uh, if I didn't sleep well at night, it would cause it to go up. And even I have tried keto diet, my blood sugar goes up. And so I think those fats cause inflammation in me and that would cause the blood sugar to go up. So I know from just just two weeks, what causes my blood sugar to go up and also what causes it to come down. If I go for a 30 minute walk, it drops it in half. So it's very encouraging for me to see what's going on with that glucose monitor. I don't have diabetes, but I thought this helps me with my lifestyle Mm -hmm. and I can just do it 24 hours a day. I can just do it over my my blouse and see what my level is. And so I think that's a big, that's a good tool that I like a lot. I like tools. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I like the R ring. Yeah, that's good for, oh, yes. wear, I don't have it on right now, but that's the ring. It says how well you sleep at night, how well you recover uh, your stress, heart rate variability. And for those patients who like tools like that, it's a good option for them. Those who get a little bit obsessed with it, maybe they don't need that right away, but it's some, just some different tools in the toolbox that can help me realize, oh, I realize now I do know whatever it is, fill in the blank. I did eat ice cream or I did eat a bag of M&M's or it was left right. in the car from us. You know, whatever it is, it shows up on that glucose monitor. So I think right. it's a great tool. 
and makes you more aware, more aware of what you're eating, how things right. work, how your body works. I think that's that's fabulous. I yeah. wouldn't even have thought to do something like that. I think that's yeah, I think great. We're excited. I think we're excited with that. Yeah, I love that, Nan. Also, because a lot of I don't know about you, a lot of our patients who are parents, um, I don't know how many times I've heard like they don't even realize sometimes what they're putting in their mouth because they're yes. feeding the kids, yes. right? And then there's leftovers on the plate, and so they I just like, yes. yes. they don't want to throw it out, right? Oh, I know. I yes, I ate more carbs. Yes, I ate more carbs than my grandkids. And I said, I don't eat this stuff, but yeah, they leave my plate. And I'm hungry. You're right. right. About that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just there. It happens to be there. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm glad you touched upon food, man, because that's something that we struggle with just in the standard American diet. There's so many bad fats and and so much sugar and processed food. So you're saying really to to be simple, to stick with simple foods, whole foods um, that aren't very processed. Right. And, and again, just real quickly, uh, even keto for some women, they gain weight on keto. Yeah. And, yeah, and right. you know, uh, Sarah Gottfried has a great book out called Women, Food and Hormones. And she talks about the fact that because uh, when we get into a state of uh, uh, ketosis, uh, it doesn't help our home hormones as well. And it can be very inflammatory for our bodies and raise blood sugar. So, again, modified keto. Um, each patient is so different yeah. with their foods and their, and their diet that they choose. Right. They're great. I mean, they're great tips. I'm so glad you mentioned those tools. Maybe the aura ring will, will sponsor us next time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then finally, Kate, I want to get to you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you diagnose and how you treat patients that come in um, with PCOS? Yeah, so um, a lot of what they've already said, um, I was trying to make little mental notes on yeah. um, what they didn't touch base on, but, um, you know, basically, you know, if they've had irregular periods or regular cycles, infertility or frequent miscarriages, um, obesity, I always get a really good history from the patient. Um, I'll look for evidence of hormonal imbalances like excessive androgens with either excessive hair growth or unwanted hair growth. Um, acne, oily skin, oily hair. Um, you know, you can, there's a lot to say in just sitting in front of a patient and seeing, you know, what their outside appearance is, because you can see if they've got some of those tendencies. Um, and then um, as far as uh, lab work goes, obviously just starting with the basics, like they said, um, checking for insulin resistance, the fasting insulin, um, the lipid panel, hypothyroid or thyroid for hypothyroid function, um, and then checking the vitamin D level. Um, and then, you know, we'll do the hormonal test through Dutch or CRT. And um, as far as treatment goes, um, I definitely encourage them to just start with the basics. So making sure they're drinking enough water, eating a low glycemic diet and increasing the diversity in the diet is also really important. Eating the colors of the rainbow and make sure they're getting enough lean protein, um, increasing fiber. And I had heard this um, through my hormone certification course, adding two tablespoons of flaxseed daily will help to decrease um, the excessive estrogen. So um, that in itself will help to balance out the hormones and decrease some of those symptoms. Um, but also incorporating movement and with moderate intensity um, exercise. Um, stress is huge. So decreasing stress as much as possible and then addressing the hypothyroidism. Um, so, you know, as far as treatment and supplements goes, obviously if they need vitamin D, we'll um, supplement with that, but a probiotic, um, omega-3 fatty acids, 
uh, complex B vitamins, the D Cairo and the myo inositol. Um, NAC is really great. So is magnesium, um, adaptogenic herbs like ashwagandha and rhodiola. Uh, black cohosh will lower LH levels. And then the chaste berry can decrease prolactin and decrease estrogen and increase progesterone. Um, we'll use saw palmetto to lower estrogen effects. Uh, nettle, green tea, uh, licorice root, spearmint tea. Um, those are all different, um, different herbs that we can use to kind of help balance out some of the hormones. Um, and also I'm a firm believer in acupuncture. I've had great success myself with acupuncture and PCOS. So um, that's definitely something that I always try and recommend for patients to try. That's wonderful. These are all such good tips. And I hope this is helpful for anybody listening this evening um, that is suffering you know, with a lot of these symptoms. Finally, I want to ask one last thing because we are getting flooded with questions. A lot of questions tonight. We're going to get to everybody's. Um, I wanted to ask each of our panelists, what is the number one thing that you would like for our audience to take away from tonight's class? Um, Heather, I'll start with you. Is there any one thing you would like our audience to know about PCOS tonight? Um, I think one huge thing that we didn't get to, there's so much to touch on, right? But one huge thing is this can be mentally and emotionally draining for people who have PCOS because a lot of times um, they're told just to lose weight, right? Or to take yes. a pill. And, um, and a lot of times the problem is they can't lose the weight because there's all these other issues going on. Um, but it's really hard, especially going through this alone, right? So um, definitely reaching out to a provider who can help walk the walk with you and do everything in a really an important stepwise approach that's tailored to you is really huge. Um, because it can be overwhelming, all the things that we're recommending and whatnot, but it's definitely more tailored when you get in to see somebody in particular. Um, but also having some sort of a community to do this with. Um, I know a lot of the patients that I've seen get a lot of support from either it's a Facebook group of other people that are diagnosed with PCOS or tapping into people that have really good podcasts so you can learn more about it and learn from each other um, is really big. And, and I think, again, um, all the things that we talk about can be kind of overwhelming, which is hard when you're already stressed. But I love this quote that I heard um, about strive for progress, not perfection, right? So it's not an all or nothing thing. You don't have to be doing all the things all the time, right? It's just about what little progress can we make with where you're at and not getting that. too frustrated along the way. Yeah, that's such a good motto to live by. Because uh, we always try to be per so perfect in society, especially as women. So I, I love that, yes. making just a little bit of progress every day. That's I think that's a fantastic takeaway. Um, Nan, what about you? What would you like people to take away tonight? Well, again, it's what we tell our patients. There's so much hope. There's so much hope out there. A lot of times when they, by the time they get to our clinic, uh, they don't have any more hope. That's, you know, they want to know what else is there for them. And so um, it's like Heather said, they're each so individual. It's not going to be all this stuff at once we're talking about tonight. It's for what does that patient need and how can we make her start feeling better? As soon as she walks out the door, what, she, what kind of tool does she have? Uh, to help her know there's a lot of hope here and she's gonna she's gonna do well the other thing too is uh i like to validate her 
when she comes back for her test results, for her husband, her partner to come with her if possible and say, look, let me show you what's going on with her body. You know, it's not that she has PMS or she can't lose weight or whatever it is. These are some things we're going to work on. And the great news is we can work on these things. But now we know what her main issues are. And so we can work on this. And so that gives her a chance to be validated by me uh, for her symptoms that she had when she came in. So, again, I think for me, it's what Heather touched on is such an emotional um, syndrome uh, that to encourage them and say, we're here for you. I mean, all the resources Heather said, yes, I agree with too. We have a wellness coach who's the RN at, uh, at, at my place, uh, Megan, and she has small groups for different things. And so, again, I love that idea of community. You know, but also uh, with community, when we do community, we want it to be uplifting and building. And so there's some guidelines, too, which are perfect as far as when we meet today, whether it's Lyme disease or weight, whatever it might be, it's going to be how do we how do we build each other up? You know, what's going on in your body? What's going on in your life? But let's leave you with a bunch of hope today. Not that it's not realistic. It is. But um, I think that community, that support is just crucial. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, just to be able to heal together, yeah. share information you're learning, sharing your struggles. Right. Just saying today I'm having a tough day, I think is yeah. it yeah. goes a long way. Thank you, Nan. I think that's that's wonderful. Um, and then Kate, what would you like to, to share with our audience as one final last yeah. thought? I think that um, just like I, like I said before, it really makes a big difference with lifestyle behaviors and modifications. So, um, you know, just getting back to the basics of drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, decreasing stress, um, decreasing toxins, those things are just very, very powerful in PCOS. And, um, you know, I have personally struggled with PCOS and infertility, and I just stuck with it when every single doctor that I was faced with said, you don't have this, you don't look like somebody that has PCOS. And, you know, I just kept pushing forward, pushing forward, doing my research. So if you feel in your gut that this is what you have, then us at Forum Health can definitely help you with this. Absolutely. Ladies, thank you so much. I feel like we could talk all night about this and we have a lot of questions tonight. So, oh, here's a great one. Is it possible to get pregnant naturally with PCOS? And that can be for anyone, whoever wants to take that. Hey, you've got the best experience. Why don't you answer that one? Yeah. Yeah. So it definitely is. Um, you know, my personal journey was, um, you know, nobody would test my thyroid. Um, I was getting cysts. I was having irregular periods. Um, I actually was going through nursing school. So I'm sure that my stress load was a little bit higher than normal, but um, I did my own research on it. And um, how I got pregnant was I did myoinositol and um, uh, uh, acupuncture. Uh, I would do it twice a month and um, exercise, uh, eating better and just decreasing stress. So, you know, mine may, may have been a more simpler case of it, but um, there's definitely ways to, um, to get pregnant. And I will say that um, once I got diagnosed with hypothyroidism, that was kind of the turning point also. So mm -hmm. things really started to fall into place after that. And mm -hmm. I will say as far as infertility goes um, with PCOS, 
when you don't try to get pregnant, you're going to get pregnant. So there's, <laughs> I have a lot of truth in that too. Every single one of my uh, pregnancies was because I stopped thinking about it, stopped caring yeah. about it, thought that it wasn't going to happen. And then sure enough, you get pregnant. So right. um, there is definitely a lot of hope. And I, I just want to help everybody with PCOS because I know it's possible to have those little babies. And when you're That's holding great. them in your arm, you think it was all worth it. Yes, absolutely. That, I mean, that gives people so much hope because that's one of the yeah. myths out there is that you can't get pregnant naturally with PCOS. Right. So, um, you are a living testament to that. So that's, yes. that's, that's wonderful. Um, another question just came in and said, is low progesterone a symptom of PCOS? And if so, what symptoms would, would that cause? I can answer that one. We all can, I'm sure, but really low progesterone is, a lot of, is, is really a hallmark for non-ovulating or an anovulatory cycle. So women produce mostly progesterone after they ovulate. So that is part of PCOS because many times with PCOS, a woman doesn't ovulate. And with progesterone, that's progestation. You've got to have the progesterone to nourish uh, the baby in the womb and also the uterine lining. So it's major. Progesterone plays a major role in PCOS. Okay, that's great. Very, very and, good question. And also, um, estrogen and PCOS counteract each other. So, um, one of the classic symptoms of PCOS is estrogen dominance. So, that will naturally lower progesterone levels. Right. So, that's where the Dutch hormone testing is so, so important to be able to. Um, to see what that ratio is and then be able to correct it because the last thing you want is to have low progesterone, get pregnant, and then you lose the pregnancy because your progesterone is too low. Right. Very good point. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's great to know. Uh, let's see. Another question just came in and said, what about taking, uh, I think it's pronounced berberine. I've never heard of that supplement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, so berberine is actually um, an herb and it is great at helping to lower um, glucose and help with the insulin regulation. Um, it can also help if there is a cholesterol, high cholesterol component, um, which is fantastic. Um, also helps in the, and we didn't really get into the whole gut microbiome, but it can help balance that as well, which is another root cause of why we might have the hormone imbalance. So, um, so it is, I, I don't know about you ladies, but I, it's, it's not a primary treatment, I would say, I guess, in, in PCOS, but it's definitely one thing that can be helpful. Yeah, and I would say too, uh, whether it's berberine or chromium, whatever you might choose, mm -hmm. uh, be sure it's a good brand, because a lot of women mm -hmm. will go, they'll just pick up something at a drugstore, and they wonder why it doesn't work. And many times there's fillers in it, it may not be what it says it has in it. So we always recommend a brand that's been third-party tested and it's a pharmaceutical-grade supplement. So that's, yes, that's, that's such a good point because oftentimes it is, there's so many fillers. If you get them at Walgreens or CVS and right. it doesn't do anything for you. Um, somebody wrote, I'm putting down the Haagen-Dazs ice cream bar right now. So that's a good <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good thing. Uh, let's see. Somebody wrote in and said, how would you recommend someone treating the diabetes aspect of PCOS if they are at a healthy weight and have a healthy diet? I get sick when I eat sugar and also have cold feet and hands. So my first thought would be, has the, the thyroid been tested? 
Um, those can be symptoms of hypothyroidism. Um, and so going back to the um, berberine supplement, so um, to, to treat uh, high, um, high blood sugar, berberine can be just as effective as metformin. So um, if that is a problem, then, you know, it could be worth it to start a supplement of berberine with meals um, to see if that can be lowered. But even, you know, 20 minutes of walking a day will help lower blood sugar. Like Nan said, I think it's a great idea to get that continuous glucose monitoring because, you're, you know, if this person is um, at a normal weight and not obese, then, um, you know, there could be something that she's eating that she may not think is, is, um, is, a, is impacting um, sugar. The other thing is um, stress is a huge component with um, elevated blood sugar. And most people do not associate the two of them, but you have no idea how many times I see a patient that I know that their diet is clean. I know what they're eating and they still have an elevated fasting glucose or elevated insulin levels. And it's because of stress, 100%. Right. And oftentimes too, when we're stressed, we eat desserts or we overeat, we eat stuff that's bad for us, kind of creating a vicious cycle. But that's, that's very fascinating. I don't think a lot of people realize that what actually triggers that increase. Uh, let's see, I have another one that came in, said my thyroid has been tested and I keep being told that my labs say I'm pre-diabetic. Um, could it be stress? I guess it could be a lot of things. Do you see that often where thyroid's been tested, somebody's pre-diabetic? Um, what are your thoughts on that? I want to say something. You know, we, when someone says their, their thyroid's been tested, I want to mm -hmm. see the results because again, first yeah. and foremost, is it normal or is it optimal? And is it just right. a TSH or is it the entire panel? Right. You know, when uh, thyroid is such an intricate, complicated hormone that you just get a TSH and let's say it's 3.8 and it's normal. Well, probably not. So again, I'd want to see the test results, make sure the entire panel is done. Right. Um, and see, is there a thyroid issue? Um, and I think the other half, the other question was about um, pre-diabetes, I think, right. too. Um, and again, with that, I would, I would, get, of course, the fasting glucose, the fasting insulin, probably a leptin level as well, um, just to see, you know, what's going on with the body as, as well as her medical history. But they're all important to put together the plan for that patient. But yes. uh, the thyroid panel is very important. Right. Okay. That's great. That's really good to know. Um, actually, somebody just wrote in for you, Nan. Nan, do you see patients remotely? Yes. I, not the first. We, we have them come in for the first one. Eye to eye. And just know that the first point is to be in person. But then after that, it could be Zoom. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Perfect. That's really helpful for uh, you know, a lot of people. Uh, let's see. Somebody just wrote in and said, if I have surgery by scraping maybe a cyst or seeing changes in ultrasound, could that potentially change the symptoms of PCOS? I'm not quite understanding. Yeah, maybe maybe it's not super clear. I think she's asking if um, if like having surgery to maybe remove a cyst would impact PCOS at all. If she's sure. if she's saying uh, if that she gets rid of the cyst, does that take care of the PCOS? I think that's no. what I think yeah. that's what she's asking. Um, right. But it, it isn't super clear. But I, I'm getting maybe if she has like surgery for a cyst, if that would impact or change or maybe reduce any of those PCOS symptoms? Well, she still, she still hadn't gotten rid of the, the root cause of the PCOS. So again, the hormone imbalance, 
the insulin resistance, the inflammation, all that. So um, probably has to have a little bit more workup besides just that, I would think. Okay, that's, that's great to know. Uh, let's see, we have another one. Uh, let's see, this person said, I have some symptoms, increased testosterone, long periods, uh, sometimes long periods, but no other symptoms. I don't believe I have true PCOS, but rather post-pill PCOS. Um, I'm not familiar with post-pill PCOS. Uh, can can any one of you uh, maybe clarify what that is or what are your thoughts on, on that person's comment? So I touched on it very briefly in the beginning, okay. so it was easy to miss, but yes, that's one of the triggers of PCOS symptoms is you've been on uh, an oral contraceptive, oh, right? Okay. I'm guessing that's what the pill, what she means, but um, you've been yes. on an oral contraceptive that basically um, is just chemicals kind of telling your body um, basically how to balance the hormones, but they're, they're chemically based, right? So when you come off the pill, um, it's almost like your ovaries throw a party, right? <laughs> because they haven't been able to produce the hormones that they normally right. do because they've been suppressed. So, so you end up with this flux of, um, of hormones and it takes a while to stabilize afterwards. So there are certain things we can work on in the meantime to help with the stabilization of the hormones. Absolutely. Um, but it does typically resolve. Um, it does take time. Everything with hormones takes a little bit of time um, mm -hmm. in patients. But yes, um, you can kind of recover from that and get back to a balanced state. Okay. That's great to know because uh, the person also wrote back in and said that she was on the pill for 12 years, which is a long time. Yes. It's a long time to be on yes. that. So, And a lot of times when we see people that have been on the pill for a long time, there's lots of other factors that have changed in the body in the meantime. So they've gotten deplete right. in certain vitamins, especially your B vitamins, right. which then lead to other issues, right? So it's a great time when you come off the pill to just focus on repleting everything that's been depleted. And a lot of times, again, you're just trying to support and nourish the body to do what it was meant to do. Exactly. And you don't think about that when you first go into the pill. You're not thinking that your body's being depleted, right? You're just kind of focused on preventing pregnancy and, and not thinking of the other effects on your body. So that's really interesting. Um, we'll probably take a few more questions. Um, let's see, one just came in. It said, can PCOS affect the reading of a pregnancy test? I've not seen that. Again, you know, what, what, what a urine test shows us for pregnancy is looking for the hemochromic gonadotropin, a specific hormone that increases when that fertilized egg attaches to the uterus and then begins to double fairly quickly. So, uh, you know, again, I think it, I think not per se, not because she's PCOS, she's going to get a false reading, but I think sometimes they do get um, more negatives because either the, the egg doesn't attach. Uh, there's mm -hmm. reasons, many right. reasons why that egg just didn't attach. And so, I've never seen there were false positive, it turned into the negative. I'm sure it could happen though, because she can lose yeah, that, right. that pregnancy in the first few weeks. So I've just not seen it as okay. far as a, a urine, okay. urine test. Okay, that's great to know. These are a lot of really, really good questions. Um, yeah. Another uh, thing that I want to say about that really mm -hmm. quick, 
Um, so I actually had an interesting situation when I was trying to track my periods and use ovulation strips. And I actually would just go like a very extended period of time getting a positive ovulation. So um, just because the, and you know, I didn't know what I know now, but just because of the, um, the constant surge and flow um, of, the, of the FSH, um, it caused the, um, the um, ovulation predictor to constantly say that I'm at peak and I'm about to ovulate because my follicle just kept maturing and not releasing that egg. So that could be something that you experience as well. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, ladies, this has been wonderful. I feel like we could talk forever about this. We probably need like a part two, <laughs> need a part two and maybe a part three on PCOS because um, there's a lot to it. And I appreciate your time and your expertise and really to everyone who joined us this evening who's looking for answers. Um, if you'd like to get more information, please reach out to the Form Health Clinic near you um, by calling 855-976-5578. Um, schedule your complimentary 15-minute consult with one of our health advisors. Again, that phone number is 855-976-5578. So please share this when you get it. Share it with your, your family, share it with your sisters and your girlfriends and your mom and whoever else may benefit from it. It's really great information. Um, also, in the meantime, visit us at forumhealth.com and connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We have tons of great content on all of our platforms, um, not just hormone related, everything from sexual health and Lyme disease and weight management, really the, the full spectrum of health. So connect with us there. We would love to stay in contact with you. Um, and again, thank you so much for joining us. Ladies, thank you. We really, really appreciate all of your time, your expertise on this topic. I know you've helped um, a lot of women tonight and give them a lot of hope, Nan, as you said, I like that. It's all about hope. So I hope everybody's feeling that tonight. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Forum Health Podcast. Forum Health is the first nationwide network of integrative and functional medicine providers. To learn more about this topic and to find a Forum Health provider near you, visit forumhealth.com.